Welcome to Maker Mom, a podcast where I explore the stories of Maker Moms and the life they lead. Each week, I will bring you the behind the scenes story of a new Maker Mom. I'm Katie Freeman, a furniture designer and content creator running FreemanFurnishings.com and your host of the Maker Mom podcast. You can find Maker Moms hanging out in the Facebook community at Maker Moms and on the web at MakerMomPodcast.com. If you love what you hear, please subscribe, leave a stellar review, and share this out with other Maker Moms you know. Hello and welcome to the Maker Mom Podcast. This week's guest is C. Kate Saw. This is episode 39. Super excited uh, about this episode. It was such a fun time talking with Kate and learning about her journey to becoming a maker slash woodworker and uh, how she manages that on in addition to being a wife and a mom and an English teacher, which FYI, that's like the thing I hate most in this world. But Kate is like wonderful and joyous and was super fun talking with. Uh, before I let you get to the interview though, uh, why don't you make sure that you're following along with the Maker Mom podcast on Instagram. Head on over at Maker Mom podcast on Instagram. Uh, hit follow. Make sure you're following along so you're up to date with all of the latest episodes and whatever else we got going on. Plus, I share other Maker Mom content as long as you use the hashtag Maker Mom pod. And let's see what else. Oh, if you're loving the podcast Make sure that you subscribe, give an awesome review, share it out with everyone you possibly know so that we can get uh, more people listening to these awesome Maker Moms and their stories. All right, uh, here you go. With no further ado, here is Kate with C. Kate Saw. Okay, well, Kate, thanks for taking the time to talk with me today. I really appreciate that. So let's get started with a little introduction. You want to introduce yourself, talk about what you make and about your family and whatever you want to share. All right, sure. Yeah, um, I'm Kate um, and my my Instagram presence is ckatesaw um, and I'm a woodworker. Uh, I lately would have probably described myself as just getting into woodworking. And recently I've decided I need to change that a little bit because it's been long enough and I've been making for long enough to be able to say, no, you know what? I'm a woodworker. (laughs) Um, And I have a son. He is three and a half. um, And he is all of the joys and miseries of a three and a half year old. (laughs) Awesome. Yeah. My youngest is three and a half as well. Almost. A little later this month, she will be three and a half. And oh, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not loving the, not loving the threes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Well, let's go back a little bit. What was your childhood like? Where did you grow up? What things were you interested in? Um, I grew up in a Western suburb of Cleveland. Um, and I have three sisters. Um, and I, I just feel like we just had such an active childhood. We were always involved in everything. And as far as making, um, you know, I remember a lot of small projects happening, like 
my mom would get into scrapbooking or, you know, we'd always have a small sewing project going on or, you know, we'd have a workbench and my sisters and I would just kind of like mess around with it a little bit. Um, and I think that my family were very much like doers. You know, I haven't really thought of us as makers before, but we're definitely doers when there's a project that needs to be done or when we get into something, we kind of have that like, that can do all hands on deck mentality, which I think has really helped to shape the way that I approach projects these days. And uh, my sisters and I are also all musical. So that's kind of a different kind of making that <laughs> you know, we've all really enjoyed growing up uh, singing together and playing instruments and stuff. Okay. So what kind of instruments do you play? I grew up playing uh, a little bit of piano and then a lot of percussion. Um, and then in the last couple of years, I learned guitar, um, but mostly ukulele these days because it's portable and easy to pick up. You know, you don't have to have the calluses built up on the guitar and that kind of thing. And um, it's a fun instrument to just kind of keep everybody entertained around the campfire. <laughs> Yeah, I asked for a ukulele for Christmas and my wife got me one and unfortunately it's still sitting in the closet. I keep telling myself I need to just like pick it up and play around with it. Uh, but life gets busy. It <laughs> yeah. does. Yeah. Yeah. Have you played, have you played like guitar or anything before? I'm, I didn't play guitar, but from fourth grade all the way through the end of high school, I played viola. So I'm oh, okay. like, I, you know, stringed instrument is not foreign to me. Um, yeah. Yeah except for there's no bow with the ukulele, but <laughs> right. You gotta work on the strum. Yeah. You gotta work on the strum. Yeah. And, uh, but ideally I wanted to get one and play with it, mess around with it just because like, it's kind of a dream of mine to like make one someday. Like I think oh, it would cool. be fun just to make a ukulele. Yeah. Um, that would be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, it's one of the nice things about it is it's a, it's a very forgiving instrument and it's a relatively easy one to, to pick up. It doesn't <laughs> to hurt too up, much yeah. and you figure out a couple chords and yeah, <laughs> it'll be good. good to go. Yeah. That's good. Um, all right. So musical, in, uh, interest, how many sisters did you say you had? I have three sisters. I have an older sister and then younger twin sisters. Okay. I have yeah. younger twin sisters as well. Oh, cool. Um, uh, which is all I needed to know. I never wanted to have multiples. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right. So interest in music, um, as you got into high school, was there any additional kind of interest showing up uh, in the arts or do any theater work or anything like that? My younger sisters did a lot of theater. Um, they actually ended up going to school for theater. Um, but I was mostly into um, music and athletics. I played soccer and softball, um, in high school. And so, um, I would say the arts wasn't ever really part of my particular focus. I feel like I was always more of an appreciator. <laughs> I got really into movies when I was in high school. Um, and I've always loved reading. And so I've always kind of been more on that end of things as opposed to the, the creator. <laughs> That's, that's totally fair. <laughs> Did you uh, go to college or what'd you do post high school? Yeah, I went to college um, here in Massachusetts. That's actually how I made the move from Ohio to Massachusetts, where I still live. Um, and I studied English and then got my, uh, my master's in teaching. And so I'm an English teacher. So that was oh my, my. Yeah. You're like 
I'm sorry to tell you this, but you're like my worst nightmare. (laughs) (laughs) Why is that? (laughs) Oh my. Yeah. Grammar is not my strong suit. Don't worry. It's not my strong suit either. (laughs) I can't spell. It's all a myth. We, you know, us English teachers, we, you know, we just try to get by too. You know, my, my best friend that I met in college, she was an English major mm. and I just never understood it because my major, I was manufacturing technology. So I was like hands-on, like doing projects and stuff. And she'd be staying up to like, you know, three in the morning, reading some book written in the 1800s, like writing like a 20 page paper. And I'm like, how do you find that fun? I do not understand any of that. Yeah, those were the days. I remember those days. Now I'm up late grading the papers. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, how'd you make, I guess, the leap from, you know, your English teacher during the day? Uh, How long have you been making? When did you first get started? I, it's been about two years now and I really have wanted to get into woodworking for a really long time, um, but never quite had the, um, I don't know, I was intimidated to take a class and it was expensive and I would have to store my project and I just lived in an apartment at the time and it was like, who's going to be in this class? And um, so I always kind of talked about it, but never really got around to it. And then um, when we moved to our house a couple of years ago, my brother-in-law actually noticed our empty third bay of our garage and he at the time had all of his tools in storage and he was like, hey, how about I move my tools into your garage and you can use them and then I don't have to pay for a storage unit. And I was like, talk about a dream come true. I mean, it was exactly what I needed to really refresh my memory with certain tools and feel comfortable with them and also kind of figure out what I needed. Um, and so it was, it was great. And so I had his tools in my garage for about a year, a little under a year. Most of it was the winter, unfortunately. Um, but it was just enough to kind of kickstart, um, this hobby slash obsession that has kind of taken over, um, you know, all of my spare minutes in a very good way. (laughs) Awesome. Um, okay. Well, was that the first time? It doesn't sound like it, but was that the first time uh, of working with tools? No. In high school, um, I through my church, we would go on a service project uh, called Appalachia Service Project. We'd go down to an area of Appalachia and their motto was making homes warmer, safer, and drier. So it was, you know, Um, you'd go down for a week and work on a house. And if it was earlier in the summer, you'd be doing demo. And if it was later in the summer, you'd be, you know, building and kind of finishing things. But that was definitely where I first, uh, you know, saw a lot of power tools in action and um, used a hammer and, uh, you know, a shovel and a pry bar and kind of those more kid-friendly beginner-ish tools. Um, And then also in high school, um, later in high school and into some college summers, um, an older uh, friend of mine, he and his wife had bought a house that needed a lot of work in uh, in Western Cleveland. And so I kind of just hung around with him and helped him work on that project a lot. So uh, that's where I first met the miter saw, which was, you know, just love at first cut. I mean, the miter saw is such a fun and kind of accessible uh, first saw 
for I think a lot of people um, and relatively safe, you know, relatively um, easy to use safely when you're young. Um, but yeah, through, through that work with him, you know, I learned about nail guns and, you know, saw him work the table saw and um, helped him with the roof and helped him with the flooring and just kind of got a, a little taste of a lot of different um, parts of construction, which I didn't really know anything about. Um, and so then after I moved, you know, to Massachusetts, that's kind of when I took a break from tools. And so that was kind of when, uh, like I said, I talked about, or, you know, wanted to get into a woodworking class or that kind of thing, but had that drought for a good 10 years or so before, before getting jump started a couple of years ago. So what was your kind of kickoff tool then when you restarted getting into to making? Definitely the miter saw. Um, and then also my brother-in-law introduced me to the router, which is awesome. I had never used a router before and I had no idea how versatile it was. Um, and so um, definitely getting back into uh, the miter saw. Oh, and also I would say the Craig jig. I had no idea what a Craig jig was. And after looking at so many projects that required it, and getting one myself, um, which was a little bit of a splurge. I didn't realize how expensive they were. They're kind of, you know, kind of costly, but totally worth it. And I feel like that was really helpful um, with some of my early projects as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I didn't really know. Uh, I took a few classes when living in Southern California, woodworking classes. And so all these guys would be talking about like, pocket hole joinery and I'm like what the hell is a pocket hole like I had no idea what they were talking about um and so they like someone just showed me what it was and showed me you know they were using the Craig jig and I was like that is genius like mm -hmm. yeah it's really beneficial um and I, I know it's you know some people strive in their woodworking to do more uh fine woodworking and learn how to do all of the different joineries like mm -hmm. the, the, the dovetails yeah. and the mm -hmm. half laps and all of that stuff and I think that's great um if that's your passion if that's what you want to go for but I'm like you know a mechanical joint can work just as well and last just as long mm -hmm. and can um, be a lot faster yes <laughs> it's exactly. more efficient exactly um, <laughs> yeah so it's all about your priorities you know yes, it's like exactly. if it's about getting a project you know done relatively quickly and get keeping it strong <laughs> and wanting it to last yeah it's it's a great um I think kind of essential for someone who's trying to get into uh, woodworking yeah I would totally totally agree um and then miter saw and router just out of curiosity what uh what kind of router are you using like the trim router or like the full-on like the plunge and the it's um I think it's it is a fixed base so it's not a plunge um okay. but it's bigger than the palm router my brother-in-law had a palm router that I really liked um but then he took it away and <laughs> I um got a router and router table combo so it was a cobalt um setup that mm -hmm. uh the the router came with it so it's a fixed base but it it's kind of yeah I guess would you call that kind of an in-between um I don't know no or, no I would call I mean it is fixed base um yeah I mean it's a, it's a big router it's like yeah. it's not the the small one yeah yeah uh so do you usually work with it uh with the router table or do you have you done freehand work with it 
I've done freehand work. So, um, I use it for a lot of lettering, um, mm -hmm. which, uh, I just, I have so much fun with lettering. So I did some baby age blocks, um, for my sister-in-law where instead of just painting the, um, you know, the words and the numbers and stuff, I actually routed it. And I did that for, um, a growth ruler that I made for my son too. And so, um, yeah, and I want to, you know, I can use it for signs and, um, that kind of thing. And then I also use it on the router table for trim and, um, dados and kind of all that mm -hmm. edging. Um, I just got a router, a full router bit set for Christmas. And I was very excited to finally, <laughs> I had this like, you know, four piece yeah, router yeah. with like, the basic <laughs> and quickly realized that I wanted more. <laughs> I, yeah, the router still scares me. So I am impressed that you're willing to like use it freehand. Um, like I've been kind of eyeing the like trim routers because I think Maybe if I started with that and did some freehand work, like I'd gain the confidence to to work with the bigger one. But um, I've just got the Porter cable, like fixed based. Um, uh, what is it? Three quarter horse or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, that I've I've just started using it probably within the last six months, and I do like the versatility of it. But yeah, it's still I've had a few close calls with it that I'm like yeah that, <laughs> that yeah. one still that one still scares me because um yeah it can really grab onto something and take off and that yeah. is what scares me yeah I think that you're right that a trim router is a nice way to start and to get comfortable with that just like that pull or that kind of yeah that can happen yeah. um and then I just find that if you start with just the bit out just a little bit, you know, and mm -hmm. work your way up. That makes such a difference too. You just have so much more control. You get less, um, tear out. Mm -hmm. Um, the router seems much happier too. And you just feel like, you know, if you kind of work towards it, you know, yep. so that you're getting deeper. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right now I use it a lot for, um, large slabs and getting them flat. Oh, to flatten them. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. 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 And that feels pretty comfortable because it's all in the jig. And so even when it's kind of grabbed and taken off, it's like, mm -hmm. I'm safe, you know, even right. if like right. it might ruin my jig, but I'd rather just have to rebuild the jig. Absolutely. Definitely can always make another jig. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. So now you're still got that three, that third bay, is that where you do your woodworking in? It is. Yeah. Um, so, um, and then sometimes actually one of our cars is kind of living in the driveway right now. Been <laughs> working on this, <laughs> working on this cornhole set like forever. And, um, it's also really nice to have the room in there to move around and stuff. Um, but yeah, usually it's just the third bay. Um, and, uh, but it's, I mean, it's, I'm really, really lucky to have the space that I do. Um, and it just makes a big difference. Uh, I have started to kind of, you know how like you expand to your space, like no matter yeah. how much yeah, space yeah. you have, <laughs> you expand to it. That kind of has started to happen, you know, where I was just like keeping everything and keeping all the scraps and keeping yep, all the yep. little things that could maybe be a project one day. Right. So I've gotten better this year at, keeping my space more, you know, appropriately 
<laughs> decluttered and functional because no matter what big of a, how big of a space you have, if it's full of crap, then it's can't use it. So yep, that's yep. definitely an ongoing battle. But yeah. Yeah, I tend to like totally ruin my shop space with each project. Like it's just an absolute mess <laughs> by the end of the project. Yes. And then it's like, okay, time to get like the shovel out and uh, put things in, you know, get all the dust off. I'm, yeah. Uh, working on a lamp right now and so doing lots of carving Mm. the largest carved project i've worked on to date good for you i've already got like a very very large pile of (laughs) um, chips and sawdust and yeah going man it's probably going to be several i'm guessing by the time it's done probably about three wheelbarrow full of wow yeah wow (laughs) you have a dust a dust collection system at all I do. I've actually got like a nice, like grizzly, uh, you know, dust collector, um, which I got with the intent to help with the carving. But this particular project is so large that I'm like, it won't even, won't even scratch the surface. And so it's almost not worth like wrestling with trying to get it set up to work. Yeah. Yeah. That's like the only downfall to carving I have found so far is that there's really no great way right because it's just kind of going everywhere it's It's going everywhere concentrated yeah exactly I mean I use the grizzly like I'll hook the grizzly up for like you know when I'm using the router on the router table yeah or you know any of the other tools like bandsaw and stuff like that like it's Mm -hmm. great it's great for that stuff but um, yeah yeah, it's almost like I need an entire like a hood, like yes, basically <laughs> like a hood, like directly over top, <laughs> just pulling your hair up. Yeah, and, yeah. basically yes. <laughs> you know, someday when I make it rich and famous, that will be like at the top of my list. But until that go. day. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so it sounds like okay router miter saw is still probably top of your list for favorite tools to work with definitely yeah yeah definitely and right. i just got a bandsaw Ooh. i'm very excited about that and i figured out how to change the blade i think <laughs> so um yeah so i had to watch definitely- several youtube videos on the blade change thing yeah <laughs> Yeah, they make it look really easy on those YouTube. Yeah, yeah and they then do. You're like, it's like popping out and you're trying yeah. to keep it on, like, stay on the wheel. That's right. Um, yeah, so yeah. I am excited about that because I was having to get very creative with my clamping to use my jigsaw and it was just like <laughs> ridiculous. Yeah. So that's going to make a lot of small curvy projects on my list a lot easier. Yep, yeah. yep. All right, so what's next at the top of your list? What's the next tool that you're like, man, I just really want to have that? <laughs> oh, man. I, what I need right now is I need a compressor, which is like a terrible tool to want because like who wants a compressor? But I did get um, regifted some uh, small like Brad Nailer nail gun type things and um, they don't work if you don't have a compressor. So they're just sitting on my shelf. Um, but I think beyond that, um, it would probably be probably just some saw upgrades. I mean, it just all my saws are secondhand, and it just so happens that my 
table saw, miter saw, and now bandsaw are all um, blue and red Ryobi. So they are like vintage <laughs> and they all work, but you know, they're, um, they've been around for a while. So I think that it would probably be probably a table saw or a miter saw upgrade at some point. Now, do you have, are you lucky enough to have any of the, like, um, the maker spaces in your area, you know, um, shared that, maker spaces? Yeah, not that I know of. I looked at one um, a couple of years ago, and it was probably a good 30 to 40 minutes away, and it required, like, a monthly membership fee, which they probably all mm -hmm. do. That's probably mm -hmm. how it works. Um and I was just intimidated by the cost and the commute and the commitment. And so it didn't work out for me. But yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, that would, it would be great to have something like that closer by, especially now that I know what I'm doing a little more and I know what I want to use. You know, I just right. like, I didn't even know what I needed or what I wanted to make. It was almost like I wanted to do too much to be able to, <laughs> to start. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that makes total sense. Yeah. There's a, new up and coming kind of maker space in my area that I just went and toured. Um, and I'm excited actually more so by the tools that are outside of the wood shop space. Mm. They've got, um, they've got some lasers, they've got 3d printers. Um, and that stuff seems really exciting because it's like, well, I could expand into all kinds of different things, you know, outside of what I traditionally would do. Um, mm -hmm. but like you and, and the membership cost really isn't bad, but it's almost like I'd almost want to wait until I had like an exact project in mind. Yeah, I could before see Or I went into that space. Yeah. I think also like, you know, when you, you know, maybe don't want to commit to buying a 3d printer, but mm -hmm. then you'd be able to use it for right. a project here or there. I could definitely see that. Like, now that you mention it, I should probably look into that because it would be nice to have access to like a jointer and yep. a planer and yeah. even, you know, a bigger bandsaw or something. Mm -hmm. Um, just because those are things that I will probably never have. I don't know. Yeah. Never say never, but, um, but it would be nice to, to have access to them. Yeah. Yeah. And their wood shop, um, honestly is kind of, at least at mine is on the small side, but they do have some things that I don't have. Like, like they have the jointer that I don't have. Um, and they have just a standard, uh, 12 inch planer. Uh, but I don't even have that anymore. Cause mine like totally died on me. So, <laughs> oh, that's so sorry. <laughs> well, that's why I had to get over my fear of the router. Cause I had a project I that I needed and my planer, like, you know, uh, <laughs> there's nothing like necessity to yeah. <laughs> help you to get over those hurdles, right? That's right. <laughs> yeah. When you just have to get it done, you've got to figure it out. Yeah. That's right. And I didn't have a couple hundred dollars to go buy a new planer. So, <laughs> so the router it was. Well, good for you. <laughs> Hello, Maker Moms. This week's episode is sponsored by Carolina Boots. As most of you know, one of the most important tools a maker can have is a good pair of work boots. Carolina Boots has been making safety footwear for Maker Moms since 1963. And you can get 10% off your very own pair by visiting carolinashoe.com and using coupon code MAKERMOM10 at checkout. These boots are made for function, not fashion, and they are built for her work. All right, so you mentioned, okay, so you're working on the cornhole 
boards? Yeah, I'm just finishing them. I actually built them like two years ago and they've been unfinished. (laughs) You know, I don't think I'm alone when I say that I really like starting projects and don't always like finishing them. So I've been trying to get better about that too. Um, But uh, yeah, a lot of projects in the work right now. Um, I have a a hutch that I'm working on for our, um, our porch and I did not realize at the time just how many pocket holes it would require because it's like slatted and yeah. it looks pretty in the pictures. And then I was like, whoa, this is like hundreds of pocket holes. So that needs to be, that's another one that I started a while ago that I need to finish. Um, and then I've got a lot of little stuff that I want to make um, to start selling. That's my goal mm-hmm. this summer is to um, actually kind of create some inventory to be able to, to sell. Okay. Yeah. So first all of all, when you said like plans, so are you, for most of your stuff, do you work from plans from like the big furniture pieces and where are you getting your plans from? Yeah, I definitely use plans, um, from online blogs. Um, there are so many out there and mm-hmm. just so many people have gone through the time and effort to put those together. Um, so yeah, definitely using a lot of um, DIY blog plans mm-hmm. uh, for the builds. Um, yeah. Okay. Haven't haven't yet gotten into SketchUp or anything to do my mm-hmm. own stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But I hear it's not too bad. Have you used SketchUp? Um, I have, unfortunately. So my background, I said I majored in oh, manufacturing yeah. technology. So I have a lot of like 3D modeling blueprint making background for my job and so like the more professional programs are all set up basically the same regardless of the program you use and so SketchUp is definitely made for people who have no experience that would be me yeah (laughs) but for people with experience I will tell you it drives you insane because it doesn't work the same I see as all the other softwares and so it's like it actually took me longer to learn because I'm like I don't know like this is what I want to do but I don't know how to do it yeah in this software so I'm gonna I have it on the top of my list to learn uh Fusion 360 which is also free but is the 3D modeling uh software And so that's what I hope to to learn and be able to use. I tend to like shoot from the hip though. I don't do a lot of plans, but I also don't do a lot of um a lot of work like what you're doing, like more tra- what I would consider more traditional. Mm, yeah, you would work more like the art. Yeah, art I do stuff. a lot of like yeah. carving, carving type stuff. Yeah. And um I like that because when when I mess up big time, nobody knows it because there's no plan showing what it was supposed to look like. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. And then as far as like making small stuff, do you have ideas on what you want to, what you want to make as far as like inventory type stuff? Yeah, I think um, it'll be kind of like home decor oriented. Um, trays, signs, bottle openers, key hooks. Um, growth rulers, cutting boards, uh, bookshelves, that kind of stuff. Um, and see where we go from there. Um, yeah. Is there like a, like a destination in mind, like craft fair type thing? Or 
Yeah. So I, I think I'm going to, my goal is to start a Facebook page, um, like a Facebook shop page or, you know, business page, um, because it's free and, you know, I think will be relatively easy to, to share with like friends and family initially. Um, and then maybe try a craft fair or two, um, in the fall and into the holiday season and then kind of maybe do Etsy in the future. Um, that's kind of what I'm thinking, but I don't really know how much I can make or how much people will even want to buy. I don't know. I've, I've been thinking about it for a long time. I, I don't know a lot about, you know, sales tax and income tax and, um, shipping and those kind of things. So, um, I, I think that that's been my new intimidation is like, um, even like pricing, you know, and, uh, wanting it to be perfect and not, you know, worrying that it would break. Um, I've certainly had some projects that I've made like some picture frames and stuff that, um, I had intended to sell and then I was using them around the house and then like they broke or they warped or came apart. And, you know, so it's kind of that fear of your project or your, your product, not, um, not lasting or feeling like you're peddling something that's not, uh, up to, you know, the quality that people are expecting. But I think that that's just kind of a natural hesitancy when you're first trying to sell stuff, right? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, I would definitely recommend if you're not already listening to it to listen to um, Made for Profit mm. podcast. Okay. Um, it's uh, John Malecki and Brad Rodriguez and um, – yeah, they share all kinds of tips, um, a lot around around the social media and how to kind of like, you know, get yourself out there uh, to start making sales. Um, but they have also episodes on pricing and mm. on all kinds of stuff like that. So that sounds great. I will definitely yeah, check that out. Yeah, thank it's you. A good, good resource for getting started, I think. Great. Okay, so three and a half year old uh, means yeah. he keeps you busy. And then <laughs> does. Yeah. Yeah. I describe him as hysterical, tyrannical, and very sweet, often within five minutes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And then English teacher. Okay. So high school? English? High school. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you probably see very similar attitudes between high school students and your three and a half year old. Uh, <laughs> there are some similarities. Yes. You'd be, you'd be surprised. Yeah. Um, so how are you managing all that you're, you know, you've got a, a little one, you are a teacher, you are a maker, uh, you are a wife, that's a lot going on. So how are you managing all of that? Yeah, it's definitely a lot. Um, and, you know, there's no good way to do it. <laughs> it's just, um, everybody uh, has their own approach, I think, to, you know, the, is it does scheduling help? Does not scheduling help? Um, that kind of thing. And I think for me, um, you know, this, the, I'm, this summer is really my first time having a full setup shop where I'm not piecing together used tools and, you know, on Craigslist every day or like, you know, getting ghosted by people trying to get tools. Like this is my first summer where I'm kind of like finally set up to get some work done. And that's helpful. And from the time perspective, um, I'm also lucky enough that my son goes to preschool a couple days a week, um, even in the summer. So that makes a big difference. But I would say, you know, just sometimes you 
you know, you channel your inner Tim Gunn and you make it work or you, you know, or you're RuPaul and you work it, better work. Or, you know, you're Ron Swanson. You're just inspirational guru of choice who's on your shoulder saying, you know what, just get it done. <laughs> so I love all of those examples that you <laughs> there. Um, okay. Um, is, so has your son started showing any interest in what you're doing out in the shop? Oh, definitely. Except it's too loud for him. So he's not actually helpful or he can't actually be out there because I can't really get much done when he's there. Um, he has his own, you know, tool, a toy tool set. And, um, I actually found this teeny tiny tape measure lately that's thin enough that even when it snaps, it can't hurt him. And he loves that thing. So, cause it's like an actual kind of real tool. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, uh, and he's funny about stuff that is made around the house. Like he'll go around and point to something and be like, mama, you make that? I'm like, nope, I didn't make that. He's like, yeah, you made that. And it's like, wow, that's flattering. You think I make everything. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, he's definitely shown some interest in, well, I mean, just, you know, whatever you're doing, they're interested right. in. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, what would you say is your favorite part about being a maker? Um, I think just seeing it all come together, like there's that point where you go from raw materials to something that actually looks functional and that's a magical transformation. Um, even when you like dry fit something or set pieces up and you're like, oh wow, it really does look the way it's supposed to look. Um, and I think also just, you know, learning, um, gaining confidence in this hobby and, uh, and, you know, just feeling efficient and feeling capable and that kind of thing is really uh, just, you know, just a lot of value to that. Um, it's definitely a therapeutic outlet, a little mental health outlet, which I know I've heard from a lot of other makers is the case for them too, um, just to de-stress or to deal with life and to just kind of, you know, it's a nice distraction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, it is. Um, yeah, I've uh, talked with um, several other maker moms here on the podcast about um, it is really good for uh, mental health issues, for stress relief, because you have to you have to be in the moment the entire time mm-hmm. uh, because you're working with power tools, um, mm-hmm. and so just even as a safety factor, like so, you're very grounded. Cause you're right there in the moment and you're concentrated on, on what you're doing. And I think there's real value in that. <clears throat> yeah, definitely. It's, um, it's really, it's, it's a nice change too from my like job where I'm reading and thinking a lot, not that there isn't thinking in mm-hmm. woodworking or in making, but it's a very different type of thinking. Like you said, um, that meditative focus, um, or just that like repetitive labor, um, mm-hmm. hands-on task is so different than, you know, reading and grading and that kind of thing. So I really enjoy the opposites that those two, um, tasks, you know, how they complement each other. Um, and it's also really nice to build with other people. Um, I've had a couple of friends come over with a project they saw on Pinterest and we kind of figure it out. And, um, 
you know, I just, I feel like I've had a lot of people who have helped me to figure out tools and that kind of thing. So it's always fun to have a friend over to the shop and let them, you know, try the circular saw or try the miter saw and kind of get a feel for it, which is really fun. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm with you. I really enjoy kind of sharing that experience with others, uh, for sure. Um, all right. So what's your favorite part about being a mom? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, you know, depends on the hour of the day, depends on the day of the week, depends on how things are going in the moment. Um, you know, being a parent is, it's hard, but it's, it's fulfilling. And, um, you know, he makes me laugh. He makes me infuriated. He, you know, helps me to see the world in a different way or in a new way. Um, he makes me feel humbled and feel loved and, um, yeah, it's, it's just fun in a lot of different ways. It is. Yes. And challenging. <laughs> and challenging. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Definitely challenging. All right. So as you've been kind of getting into, uh, the space of woodworking, have there been any challenges that you've, um, faced being, especially being, you know, a woman and kind of a more traditionally male uh, hobby or field? I think that the biggest thing um, has been just kind of was just my own inhibitions with that and my own perceptions of what that means. Um, you know, feeling like I'm in a space where I don't know what I'm doing and, uh, or in a store where I don't know where anything is or, you know, um, and it's, it's kind of an intimidating thing to be perceived at, potentially perceived as not knowing what you're doing and also not really know what you're doing and to kind of like have to own that a little bit. I'm definitely better now. I know where everything is at Lowe's now, but I didn't for a while. And um, I would say for the most part, I haven't encountered a lot of, of that kind of negativity or anything. Um, I'm actually usually really pleasantly surprised when I need to go to the hardware store and ask for help. And um, usually the older men there are very nice and, um, and very helpful. I actually had a, a situation, um, last fall when I was doing a desk for the builders challenge, I needed two by twos and the Lowe's didn't have two by twos. They had furring strips, but they were too small. And so I was like, I don't know what to do. And when I asked the guy to help me find them and they didn't, they weren't there, he was like, well, he's like, do you have a table saw? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, well, let's go over and look at the two by eight. So like he took me over and kind of, you know, he's like, just take the two by eight and just rip it down into two by twos. And I was like, okay, all right. You know, and he, I think you can kind of tell like the table saw is definitely my intimidation tool of the shop. Um, I've had to kind of, uh, to gain confidence and, and, you know, feel, feel comfortable using that tool. And so I think you could kind of see that <laughs> in my face because I was kind of avoiding it whenever possible. Um, and he kind of was very, like, he was like, well, so, you know, to do this and, you know, you knew to be careful with this. And like, he, he took me through some very basic safety things that I already kind of knew, but it, it, he did it in a really, like, it wasn't condescending. It was like genuine, um, and I came home and I ripped the two by twos and it was great. Um, so I feel like sometimes there, you know, the, the, the perceived uh, negativity is actually, you know, a potential, potential really valuable resource. 
Yeah. That is, that is a good point. And I think um, I've talked again with others uh, on the podcast and um, I know one of the maker moms shared that like Lowe's specifically um, has been really working to train their employees um, on being more inclusive and not jumping to conclusions when Mm. dealing with, you know, all kinds of different customers. And so I think, I think we're starting to see the benefit of that too. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I agree there's, you know, I've, I definitely know my way <laughs> around Lowe's and uh, well, all the hardware stores now pretty much in town. <laughs> um, but at first, you know, it's like, you don't know where you're going and, um, and it's okay. I think to admit that um, it's also okay. I think uh, where I've had instances where I've had to like tell somebody they don't know what they're talking about. Mm. Um, you know, like for instance, I asked, I was trying to find the router bits and those and I could not find them and it was driving me insane. So I was like, I'm looking for router bits. You know, somebody asked what I'm looking for and he's like, Oh, all the bits are on this wall. And it was drill bits. And I'm like, dude, a router and a drill is totally different. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, and I eventually found them and I actually went and like called him over and said, you know, just so you know, because somebody else is going to ask you. There you go. Router bits are, yeah. these are router bits. Right. Yeah. And he was like, also we're hiring and we would like yeah. you to come <laughs> and tell us where everything is because you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I think it's fair, you know, and hopefully, they're open to, you know, this guy was totally okay with me showing him what the router bits were, but like, you know, it is okay both ways, I think. Yeah. Um, so what are you hoping that your kiddo learns from watching you kind of make all these things? Mm. Um, yeah, I, I recently heard that not many millennials own tools. I don't know if you heard this story and as a I am technically a millennial, so I feel like I can be a little bit critical of my own generation. Um, but yeah, it's like a really low percentage owns a stepladder and a hammer and that kind of thing. And so uh, just kind of bringing that back a little bit, that ability to, to take care of, of your house and to make things when you need them and to help friends and family out with projects when they need it. Um, I think it's just that the gaining of confidence um, that feeling of like self-accomplishment and um, like feeling resourceful and like problem solving and that kind of um, like to go back to what I mentioned, like with my family, just kind of, you know, being a doer, just kind of like figuring out what you need to do. Sometimes that's asking for help. Sometimes that's asking someone else to do it for you. And sometimes it's learning and, um, and pushing yourself past boundaries and, you know, intimidation and, um, and to just kind of to, to grow in that way. Yeah. Yeah. And that's okay. You can pick on the millennials. I'm technically, I'm technically one, two. But I also heard it from real estate agents about, you know, they're selling houses to mm. millennials and they have no idea like how to fix anything in a house, yeah. you know, and that can deter them then from buying that house because they have no oh. idea what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or they buy it and have unrealistic expectations of the cost it would actually take to uh, fix something. Yeah, definitely. 
Um, all right. So as a maker and mom, if you uh, met another mom who wants to tackle a new skill, like making or DIY or crafting, and is hesitant to get started, what kind of advice or words of encouragement would you give her? Um, I think the, I think what I would say is that there's never, like, there's never going to be a, a perfect time to get started. Um, there's, it's not, you know, if you're waiting to have the money or if you're waiting to have the time or if you're waiting to have the motivation or you're waiting to have the resources, um, it's just not going to happen. So just like so many things in life, you kind of have to just dive in where you are and, and, and figure it out and go with it. Um, you know, any new hobby from the ukulele to woodworking, um, it takes time. So like any new hobby takes the combination of like time, money, and patience, I feel like. And so, um, if it's time, you know, is your hurdle, I would say, you know, you've got to carve out some time for yourself and for this new interest. And if that's 20 minutes here or there, if that's watching a couple of YouTube videos a day, if that's just going to the store to buy just your materials and that's all you're doing for the day, if that's, um, making a few cuts or getting one thing sanded or, um, getting one thing stained, um, you know, any progress is progress. And, um, you've got to also give yourself that patience. You've got to be kind to yourself and you have to be kind to your partner and your children and, um, and your job. And you have to kind of make all that, that balance. But with the patience, you know, you have to be ready to make mistakes. You have to let yourself get comfortable and confident. Um, and then if money is the thing that's, you know, kind of what's holding you back, like I know, I started just asking family members for any tools they weren't using, if they had tools they weren't using or like asking friends and family to borrow tools is a great way to start. Um, and then, you know, online, uh, you've got Craigslist, you've got Facebook marketplace. Um, there are used tool shops. I didn't even know that. And I looked one up and I have one not far from me and that's where I got like all my little stuff, my screwdrivers and, you know, I even found a little hand plane there. Um, and even garage sales are great too. Um, and you'd be surprised how excited people get about tools. And so once you find your people who can help you, um, who know how to, how to help you get those, they're, they're pretty enthusiastic to, to get, to, to keep tools used. You know, it's like people want, want tools to be utilized and used. So that would be my advice in terms of, of kind of trying to navigate those hurdles because like what parent has time, money, or patience? <laughs> right like it's like it's totally like stuff, the things right? we have the least <laughs> yeah so you know gotta gotta figure it out again go back to your guru of choice that's and right. <laughs> hear their mantras in your head that's right and make it work <laughs> absolutely love it um all right so i just want to ask are there any uh other women or moms who are makers out there that inspire you oh my god there are so <laughs> many how long is this podcast <laughs> you're good you're good you got time <laughs> i mean i instagram has been more than i ever expected in terms of just this hobby and this community and um seeing what people are up to out there it's crazy and there are so many 
female makers, parent makers, mom makers out there who are just doing some really incredible projects. Um, I mean, in terms of being inspired by, um, you know, Anna White, we've got to, we've got to recognize and pay homage to Anna White. And, you know, I feel like, uh, Shanty to Chic was also, I remember watching their video on how to use a Craig jig, you know, and just feeling, there's something about watching, uh, how to videos by female makers. Um, I think that it really takes some of the intimidation out of it. If you are feeling like you're, you know, in a, in a hobby that's not gendered for you or something. Um, but yeah, I, um, gosh, there are so many, the builders challenge people, all of them. Um, that has been such a, such a key part of my learning process too. just having a project. So I've done it twice. Um, and being given plans, um, to, to make your own and be able to ask experts for help. Um, and to see other people building this, not the same project, but you know, the same project as you and what they're doing and their approach. Um, I would really recommend that to anybody who is trying to push their skill set a little bit and um, do so in a uh, just a, a guided and um, like motivate. It's just so positive and everybody's so like encouraging of each other. Um, and, and now they have categories, right? Like I think they have like beginner and intermediate and something. exactly. Yeah. They had, they had two when I did it in the fall. Um, I think they just had like expert and intermediate and then with this most recent one in the spring, there were three. Yeah. Um, and actually the winner of the, the novice builders challenge, um, is, uh, her Instagram handles, she builder, um, her name's Miranda and it's been really nice to connect with her and just kind of see what she's up to. She's got a lot of really cool projects. Um, but yeah, who else? Um, I know Carrie at Weathered Woodgrain has been great throughout my process. You should check her out. And then if you're into jewelry making, um, Leslie at Branded Branch, she does some really cool uh, jewelry pieces. So those are kind of some makers that come to mind. But I mean, I've, I keep telling myself I need to stop following. Like I need to stop <laughs> adding people to follow because like – you know, you can only spend so much time on Instagram a day, but like, I feel like every day there's a new account where I'm like, whoa, here's another, yep. here's another mom doing cool things, or here's another woman doing, you know, or even so many guys out there too that mm -hmm. are, this the Instagram community has been really supportive and really inspirational. Yeah. Well, and obviously you probably follow all of the maker moms that are on the podcast. I obviously. <laughs> it's funny actually, because when I was first looking at your podcast, I saw the people you interviewed. I was like, these are all the people I follow. This is amazing. I'm going to like get to hear from them. Um, so yeah, there's definitely some crossover there. <laughs> <laughs> but everybody who's listening knows about all those amazing women already. Yes, very so. true. Very true. <laughs> um, Okay. Well, Kate, um, where, if people aren't already following you, where can they find you? Uh, uh, find, yeah, they, they can follow me on Instagram at ckatesaw. Kate is K8, just because, you know, why not? Um, and then hopefully I'll have a Facebook page very shortly where uh, you can see products and stuff. So that's the plan. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you again for taking the time to talk with me today. Yeah, thank you, Katie. This has been really nice and uh, just been a real pleasure to talk to you. Thanks. Yeah. 
All right, again, that was Kate with C. Kate Saw. Super fun interview, if you couldn't tell from, like, all of my giggling. Hope you enjoyed it as well. And as usual, I will include a link on how to follow along with Kate in the show notes for this episode. And the quickest and fastest way to get to those show notes is to make sure you're following the Maker Mom podcast on Instagram. So at Maker Mom Podcast hit the link in the bio. You can get to the show notes. You can find out how to become a member of the tribe. If you don't know what I'm talking about, becoming a member of the tribe means you become a patron on Patreon and you get all kinds of goodies. There's all kinds of tier levels with the lowest starting at just a dollar a month. I mean, that's just $12 a month. That's like nothing. And you get early access to shows and monthly online Maker Mom meetups that only patrons have access to. And if you go up in tiers, you can get stickers and t-shirts and all kinds of fun stuff. So check that out too, at Maker Mom Podcast on Instagram. Make sure you're following along. Until next week, I will see you later. Thank you for listening to the Maker Mom Podcast. You can connect with the Maker Mom community in the Facebook group page, Maker Moms. And remember, if you enjoyed listening to this episode, please subscribe, leave an awesome review, and share this out with other Maker Moms you know.